One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. dream we all dream but how do we take these dreams how do we take the questions the charges that king has left for us and make them into something more actionable i truly believe that we need more black heroes to continue to lead the way but before any of us can become those heroes and i truly think that we can we need to reflect on what it means to do just that reflect on what it means to fill martin luther king's shoes so on this episode of The Smart Stories, New and Adapted, I'll be talking with, or hearing from rather, my friends, their lawyers, their chaplains, their students, and they will be sharing their dreams and how they plan on filling in the shoes that were left by such a great man to build a better future. You're listening to The Smart Stories. Hello, my name is Michael Nixon, and this is my reflection on Dr. Martin Luther King. Man, when you think about Dr. King, he was just such a man of just vision, and he spoke truth to power, and just a masterful communicator. And so I think sometimes when you're reflecting on just a man so legendary and so powerful and impactful as Dr. King even thinking about trying to fill in those kind of shoes is a multitude of things. It's frightening. It's daunting. It seems impossible. And so sometimes it just feels like it's better to just think about him, appreciate him maybe on Martin Luther King Day or during Black History Month, maybe get some motivation from it. But that's generally motivation to like, you know, push through you know, your job or a tough day or to maybe become a better father or something like that. And then when you think about it, maybe that really is what King was really all about. It wasn't just about dreaming big in the way he dreamed big, but for you to maybe dream big within your context. And so if I had to truly think about how I can allow his example his powerful message, his vision, and his boldness to dream big to inspire me to spur into action 
it would be to truly become a better steward of the places that God has placed me in an area of influence to not just think of those places as places where, you know, I'm collecting a check or, you know, doing some sort of a job or just kind of going through the motions, but truly thinking about how I can within that space inspire others to dream big, to not just, you know, look at their current situations or circumstances as things that can never change, but having the boldness to say that, no, things aren't just going to get better necessarily in the sweet by and by or in another lifetime, but that we can advocate for things to become different even now, that we can find within us a reservoir of strength and power that we didn't even think that we had, which could prompt us and push us into prophetic action. One of the speeches that I I just really have loved even more recently as I reflected on King um, in these recent months is a speech in which he says that there are certain things that the government can't do for us or our friends can't do for us or our presidents or people in power can't do for us. But a man has to reach within the depths of his heart and sign upon his heart his own emancipation that really says to me that i need to not just demand my freedom from others but to begin to live free to speak like a free person to speak truth to power to not be ashamed of who i am to love my blackness to love my humanity and then therefore be spurred to love the humanity and others and to advocate for them to be treated with equity with fairness with the justice they deserve so that we can then live in a world that looks something like the dream he dreamed so boldly so many years ago. Hi, my name is Jamika, and through understanding his speeches and his personal doctrine of accomplishing equality through peace, I believe that one of the best ways that I can carry out in King's footsteps is by educating. So often many people believe they cannot make a change because their platform is not big enough to do so. Many believe that the only change that matters is the change that can be easily seen, racial change that is nationwide. I do not think that I was called to be a major activist. I do not see myself as a Dr. King, a Malcolm X, Stokely Carmichael, or an Angela Davis. My life may soon become that, but as of right now, that is not my calling. What I do believe my calling is to fill King's footsteps is by educating and teaching people on the individual level. I can educate people on the tension of racial discrimination, the still present emotional, mental, and institutional evils that affects racism that have been passed on to the present generation, and I can educate on the beauty of cultural and ethnic differences. I think education is the most powerful tool one can use in attempts to make gradual change. And in educating others, it can also be a benefit to myself. Teaching others and starting conversations brings forth the opportunity to bring education to myself and be taught different beliefs and experiences that I may not have known before.
by making efforts to educate those whom I interact with now and students that I'll have in the future as a professor, I believe I am effectively doing what King would like me to do. My name is Adrian Marston, and this is my story. Um, so one of the things that I've, uh, I've noticed is um, because of the civil rights movement, we lost a generation of black men who are not just social activists, but were leaders of activism. And um, Dr. King was one of those individuals. Um, he was a man who was not fearful of taking on an establishment, of confronting the government, of uh, having interactions with, you know, presidents that uh, would, in other scenarios, would turn a blind eye to the issues that our people were having. Um, I think for me personally, I would love to have the the drive that Dr. King has. Uh, when you look at many of our activists now um, there is a sense of comfortability that I see for me personally when looking at them um, our activism only goes so far you know um, tweets panel discussions um, sending emails to political figures um, but I think what made Dr. King stand out for me personally was the ability to realize that through activism comes a sense of sacrifice. Um, and I think we've lost the courage of sacrifice, uh, knowing that when I try to do what Dr. King did, um, there will be people who will hate me. Uh, there will be people who may try to damage my reputation. Um, and in his case, uh, there may be people who try to take my life. Um, I think what I would like from us, our generation, is to look at his example and realize that if there is a specific form of change we would like to see um, for our people, there has to be a level of sacrifice that we're willing to embrace um, because he set the model for what sacrificial activism looks like and that's something that i would love to take up that mantle and say okay um what are some areas that i can push even stronger um whether it's you know reforming uh the relationship that police officers have in urban communities you know what does that look like um raising funds for you know public schools uh, whatever that may look like, um, I wrestle with, okay, am I saying that I want to do all of these things? Um, but am I really ready to go all out like Dr. King did, um, risking his, you know, safety? Uh, that's something that I would like to do. Um, take up the mantle and realize that Hey, if I'm really serious about seeing something change for the better, um, 
for my people, then I need to be also ready to embrace the sacrifice that comes with it. Hi, my name is Esther. And the way that I see putting MLK's vision into action, the first thing I really think about is the fact that I've just generally always been a really cause-oriented person. Since I was in grade school, I've always just, you know, I've just, I've been, I've gravitated towards things that are about a cause that's bigger than myself. So that's expressed itself in this kind of clubs I would join in school. I was in the equity club and the girls leadership club in middle school and high school. And then in college, I continued down that path and trying to be really vocal and involved in certain um, issues, particularly pertaining to gender and racial equality. Um, But I always just had this sense that even though I was very knowledgeable um, about these topics where I would try to be, and even though I would try to speak up about those topics very often, I just had this sense that that wasn't enough because those things, while they were important and, you know, they spread awareness and all that kind of thing, they didn't have direct impact on the lives of the people who are being affected by the issues I was so passionate about, right? Like me speaking up in class about these issues does not have a direct impact on a child living in a low-income neighborhood that doesn't have a great school, right? That just, that connection is not there, at least not in a way that is strong enough for me. So upon graduating, what I was really searching for was a way to take what I'm passionate about and turn it into direct action that is just impactful in a way that is clear, that I can see, that I can draw out and say, I know that what I'm doing is making a difference bigger than me, and I can see it every single day in what I do. So I was looking for different ways to do this, looking into nonprofits, politics, all that kind of stuff, but eventually what I landed on was education and being a teacher because I believe that teachers have the ability to empower children to take control of their own lives, which I think is the most important thing that you can do for a person, is instead of just fixing things for them or fixing things around them, you say, here are the tools you need, now do what you need to do for yourself. And teachers are in such a unique position because they can provide children with the academic tools that they need to do this, but then they are also there as a a nurturing figure that also teaches them social and emotional skills that they also need, skills to advocate for themselves, how they treat themselves and treat other people, and how they think about each other and think about themselves and the world. And so I've decided that I want to be a teacher because I believe that that is the best way for me to use my skills to really make a direct impact in the world and I really want to work in schools that I feel like most need the kind of presence that I can provide. I believe I I have like the gift essentially to provide a very calming presence, um, a trusted presence, and a sense of stability and calmness um, and love for people um, that I think students in low-income areas, students that have, um, you know, a hard time at home or what have you that they could really benefit from in a learning environment. And so my goal is to do that for a few years and to just really impact and empower as many students as I possibly can in that time. But to eventually um, segue from that into education reform, because the one thing that I've really noticed in the short amount of time that I've worked in schools is that our the structure and the 
the foundational ideology of our schooling system is inadequate and unable to really do what it's supposed to do, right? Like the things that we require of students to learn are things that they naturally do not do. Sitting still in a classroom for an hour or two at a time isn't natural to a 10-year-old or a five-year-old. And I also think that our schools don't have the time and resources and honestly just have not been structured to teach other skills like how to speak up for yourself, when and where to do that how to use the schools that you're, the skills that you're learning in school in the real world, the knowledge that you're learning in school in the real world. And I just think that there's so much that can be changed, even though, even though right now I don't know exactly what it is, right, because I haven't worked in schools for that long. There's so much that can be changed in order to make schools better places. And so I would like to eventually use my teaching experience and what I learned in that time to work with other people to create an education system that does a better job and so yeah that's just how I see myself taking Martin Luther King's vision and inspiration and putting it right to work in my own life Natalia and this is my response to the question of how do I plan on filling the shoes that Martin Luther King Jr. left behind for us? So this question is somewhat complicated because Martin Luther King Jr. had um, huge shoes to fill um, but I believe one of the things that I can do um, as a future social worker is just making sure that People that don't usually have a voice are able to have a voice, whether it's um, being able to voice their issues or concerns to myself or whether I'm able to give them a platform to voice their concerns to um, a bigger audience or those around them, those in their community. Um, I also think that one of the ways we can fill his shoes is just by making people aware of these issues, because a lot of times there are people out there that are just um, ignorant to the things that are going on around them or ignorant to the things um, that may not necessarily affect them. And sometimes that's not a fault of their own. Sometimes it is just out of pure ignorance. And so I think one of the ways that we can uh, fill his shoes is just making people aware, um, educating people about the things that are going on and just allowing them to have the opportunity to know more about those things so that they could also have a chance to help um, with change. Dr. King's legacy for me is one of taking the prophetic calling of the preacher seriously. 
Listening to Dr. King's commentary means encountering something heavily and unavoidably influenced by scripture. There wasn't a single quote, thought, or action plan that wasn't undergird by Dr. King's understanding of the Jesus of scripture. Dr. King lived out his Christianity in what I believe to be a delightfully offensive way. I mean, when he led nonviolent protests in the Jim Crow pushing races deep south, he knew that the protesters would have dogs sicked on them and water hoses turned on them. And all of this was fueled by the words of Jesus to turn the other cheek, to not meet violence with violence, to not take an eye for an eye. And yet, when Dr. King called the United States of America a racist nation and said in 1968 that the thing wrong with America is white racism, in quote, specifically, he was following in the tradition of Jesus, who unashamedly called out the oppressors of the Jewish people, saying that they were whited sepulchers and a brood of vipers. I mean, read John 8. MLK, like Jesus, held no punches, flipping over the proverbial tables of the American consciousness. And that's something that I loved about him. As I revisited Dr. King's legacy, I am reminded that he was a deeply polarizing figure. White people of his day thought that by talking about the racism issue, Dr. King was doing more harm than good, that he was creating division instead of unity. For the privileged, silent dysfunction is often misinterpreted as unity. But Dr. King knew otherwise. He knew that Americans would have to choose ye this day uh, whom you will serve kind of thing. He, he understood that even in creating division, he was following the legacy of Jesus who said plainly in Matthew 10.34 that he came to bring division. The legacy of Dr. King and Jesus share some of the same qualities for me today. Both have been co-opted as tools of pacification. Both have been reimagined as um, impotent peacekeepers rather than the powerful peacemakers that they were. So in reflecting on the legacy of Dr. King, I hope to be a powerful peacemaker committed to allowing the life, words, and even the activism of Jesus to influence my every step. Thanks. So I hope from these stories, you're able to find inspiration on what you can do to move forward. How you can fill Martin Luther King's shoes through your career, through your passion, through your talent. So I really want to leave you with a charge to really consider what will I do to truly change the way we maybe look at activism, look at fighting for freedom, look at fighting for justice. Can I find a new way or can I improve on the ways that have already been used before? So I really want you to consider this on the last day of Black History Month and don't forget these questions and these ideas that have been presented in this month's episode. 
Because I feel like we all have a part to play, but it starts on reflection. It starts on really looking into who we are and to what we can give to the world. So that'll be all for now. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Stay smart. <laughs>